0: Welcome to Menu Stories, a podcast where we get to know the stories about the people and restaurants behind the food we love, starting with San Francisco. I'm your host, Rebecca Goberstein. Before we get started, I want to welcome two new contributors to Menu Stories, radio journalist and editor, Siska Silatonga, and videographer extraordinaire, Patrick Wong. We're lucky to have their talent on this project. Today's episode features Bar Crudo, which just celebrated 10 years this October. We spoke with chef Melissa Perfit, Perfitt worked for Bar Crudo in its early days, fresh out of culinary school, and then left to explore other opportunities around San Francisco, including Hog Island Oyster Company and Charles Fans Hardwater.
1: You have to go to different places, learn from different chefs, learn different cuisines.
0: So why did Chef Melissa return? Let's have a listen. So we are here with Executive Chef Melissa Perfitt of Bar Crudo. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, thanks for coming.
0: In your own words, can you describe what Bar Crudo is?
1: Um, It's interesting because it's hard, I feel like it's hard to just like place it into one, like it's just a seafood restaurant or, you know, which it is, but I think that if somebody comes looking for seafood, uh, I think anybody could find something that they like. A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's only raw seafood," but it, it's not. We have a lot of hot dishes, and so I feel like a group of people can come and everybody could find something that they like. And it's kind of a modern take on seafood as well. I mean, I know every I love a crab Louie, but <laughs> that's kind of like the old school, and I feel like you know this is a step in the, like a newer direction. I also feel like where it's like a special occasion place, but then it's also a neighborhood place where we see the same people like three days a week
0: so first of all bar crudo is celebrating its 10th uh, year this year mm-hmm. are you guys doing anything special for that
1: Actually, we're going to open on a Monday, I believe. I think we're just going to have like a little like party from three to six. Kind of do like the happy hour oysters and just let people know to like they want to come in. And I think um, because our owner is so involved with beer, he's going to try to get like a special oyster stout or something from... Uh, um, from one of the breweries so awesome yeah do a little monday celebration
0: so you had been at bar crudo um a while ago and then you left and you returned so what um what were you doing before and what made you come back
1: when i uh finished culinary school at california culinary academy i um you have to do an externship and i staged at a couple places and bar crudo was kind of had just opened i think it was a month old and Um, was uh, just a little little baby restaurant and the other places I interviewed were kind of like bigger restaurants they had a lot of externs they weren't going to pay me (laughs) and I I went in and I interviewed with Mike at Bar Crudo and it just kind of like it just kind of fit with me and you know he seemed to like really care about what he was doing and obviously his little new restaurant and he said he doesn't believe in not paying externs I think it was a whole like $11 an hour or something but (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so I was like you know what I'm gonna go with this like unknown place and see how it goes and it was the best choice ever so yeah um I just remember you know like two months in all of a sudden there was a line down the block and we were like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh So I was there for, I threw my externship, and then uh, like a year more, I think.
0: Why do you think it had attracted so many people at the gate?
1: Um, I just, I think it was, uh, because he was doing something different. I know Crudos are kind of more well-known now, like a lot of restaurants have them. Um, But I think 10 years ago, that was something that people hadn't really heard of. And I think also like just the vibe of the place. There's always a good beer list from Tim, the other owner. Mm -hmm. I think it was just something different that people hadn't thought about. And I mean, people in San Francisco love seafood regardless, Mm
0: -hmm. but. And beer. Yeah. (laughs) And And beer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pass up. Makes sense. And uh, what made you come back? Um, And and why did you leave? I should say first. (laughs) Well, I
1: I left because it's it's always good to learn, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was my first job at a culinary school. And you have to go to different places, learn from different chefs, learn Mm -hmm. different cuisines and so i think i worked at like eight restaurants in between there maybe wow <laughs> maybe more why did i come back i mean i i talked to mike like before i came back and he talked to me about because he's going he moved to gurnville to open seaside metal mm-hmm. our other restaurant and he said that he wanted me to run bar crudo and at that point i um i was a chef de cuisine at hardwater and i wasn't really ready to leave there and he basically said, this job is yours, so you tell me when you're ready, because he's like, y- yeah. I want you to do this, which was a really good, like, a really good compliment, um, so a few months later, I was like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> Hard I'll to take it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's always a soft spot in my heart for Bar Crudo, and it's, it's funny, I have a couple really close guy friends who are both chefs in the city who at some point worked at Bar Crudo as well, and they have, like, such a soft spot for it, too, you know, mm-hmm. it's like they always come like they'll stop in and like give me some chowder like you know they (laughs) always it's just like for all of us you know it was like first job so we have always like appreciated um just like mike's food and his attitude and you know and just bar crudo in general it always has like it just has this vibe that the owners have have created Mm -hmm. it's funny it's like a dysfunctional family kind of (laughs) These, you know, the servers have been here for forever and there's actually one server who left, who I worked with at the original Bar Crudo. She left and went to New York and she came back right around the same time I did. We we're like, what are we doing here? You know, <laughs> 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 like joking, but you know, it's everybody kind of like helps out and pitches in when something needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So.
0: You're not from California, right? Where Where are you from originally? I'm from Florida. Yeah, <laughs> you don't look very excited to say. Well, that. everyone's always
1: like, "There's people from Florida." I'm like, "Yes, I'm from Florida." <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was your childhood like?
1: Um, it was good. I grew up in a big, um, like, college football town. A lot of football in my life. A lot mm-hmm. of tailgating. Uh, my dad works at the university, so there was like, I just kind of like all, like, circled around that. Mm-hmm. And my mom. Was kind of, I mean, for Florida, she was kind of hippie. Like, she, <laughs> she like, you know, made things from scratch. And there was, like, tofu, and uh, we had a compost. And so most of the kids didn't want to come eat at my house. They'd be like, <laughs> I have no idea what this is, and I don't want to eat it. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Where did she get that from?
1: I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, she was, like, a 70s kid, so... Uh-huh. and. My parents are, like, they met, like, in upstate New York, and mm-hmm. they were, they were kind of hippies, I guess, so from maybe the that's get-go. the reason, yeah. <laughs>
0: and did so did you learn how to cook from your mom? No, I hated it. Oh, really? She would be like, come help me. Like,
1: nope. <laughs> why Why didn't you like it? I don't know. I just wasn't interested then. I just it yeah. That would be, like, the perfect thing to say, right? But I totally was not interested in cooking. That's really I think funny. I got, like, a certain a certain basis because she would always take me to the farmer's markets you know in the Mm -hmm. stroller and I'd be like snacking on like snow peas or sugar snap peas (laughs) and like to me that was like a treat you know Mm -hmm. so I think I got like the basis and the vibe and she would you know go pick strawberries or like you know, grow your own basil and make pesto. So I think I got that vibe, but I didn't, I wasn't really interested in it, Yeah. like being hands on. I was interested in eating it. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
0: so what got you into the restaurant industry then?
1: I went to college um, and I did uh, media productions and film. Mm-hmm. And what I what I liked the most, I was most interested in like cinematography. I liked the way that light hits, hits things and mm-hmm the look of it Uh, at some point I realized that I would never be a cinematographer because there's only like four of them (laughs) yeah I was like those are high hopes yeah um and I went uh at the end of college I went to do a uh, internship uh in London at Nickelodeon Studios cool and yeah it was really it was cool and we got to travel a lot because they would give me like a spring break and so Mm -hmm. we'd travel I went to like Italy and Paris and all the girls I would wit- was with, they'd go to, like, look at old churches and I'd be like, I got to go find a farmer's market or, like, I need to go look at some cheese or, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'd always, like, go and look at food and I think it was on that trip that I was like, I don't, wait a minute, I'm doing the wrong thing. Like, I- I'm really interested in food and- in some sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And-, and then I realized that cinematography kind of translated to, like, plating of food and, like, mm-hmm. the way it looks. All of a sudden, I was like, "I want to go to culinary school," and my dad was like, "I'm gonna kill you," because <laughs> I mean, culinary school is expensive, and I was almost done with college. And got it. Yeah. So, you know, my dad was like, "All right, you you get a degree, and then we'll talk about it," which was a good idea, because what's the point of being four years in college and not having a degree? Yeah. But I went to. Um, this high-end restaurant for Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, and I asked the chef, I was like, can I just be in your kitchen? I'll wash dishes. I don't care. Like, just let me in, just whatever. He's like, okay, well, you're not going to wash dishes, but you can do a lot of prep work. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so I would do prep work during the day at this restaurant. It's called Cafe Cabernet. Um, and then I would come back at night and cocktail a waitress. And it was funny because people would be like, they always wanted, like, ranch dressing or something, but I spent all day making, like, a certain dressing, you know, yeah. and I'd be like, no, you shouldn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> <You're like laughs> trying to convince them out of it. The housemaid <laughs> vinegar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what if, I don't know if that chef hadn't let me in his kitchen where it would have gone from there, but it was cool. It was nice that he did let this little blonde college chick in his kitchen
0: (laughs) where did you end up going to culinary school
1: um out here in san francisco uh california culinary academy got it yeah
0: so you you while you were working at the restaurant you applied to school and got in out here
1: yeah um i looked i mean i looked at um cia but it just it came down to like where i wanted to live and my Mm -hmm. brother lived out here i love san francisco um i looked at a school in portland um but they were all just sitting down in classes and i and then when i looked at cca they were actually up like cooking and i was like i already went through college i don't need to like sit in class mm-hmm. for two more years mm-hmm. so
0: this is rebecca goberstein and you're listening to menu stories a podcast where we get to know the stories about the people and restaurants behind the food we love we'll be right back with chef melissa perfect of bar crudo Um, what do you think it was about being in Europe that attracted you to food all of a sudden?
1: I feel like they focus around food more. Maybe, maybe not in London, but you know, just it, like it, Italians and French, it's like they they food matters a lot to them, you know. And so it just had got like this more like rich vibe of you know, and going through like the shops with like the cheese and the meats, and mm-hmm. you know, it was just like it was different than. You know, being in Florida. Although my parents <laughs> love food, but my dad loves like bagels. You know. So. Yeah. That's funny. Where is your dad from? He's from New York. Okay. He's That's a New York. He's a New York Jew. So. Yeah. But he him, like he's very specific about the bagels. You know, it's like not any bagel passes the test. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have the same
0: bagel snobbery? Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah.
1: I won't eat like a just like t- like store bagel. Doesn't yeah. happen. do have time. Not worth my time.
0: So you started at bar crudo right out of culinary school Mm -hmm. and did you did you actually find going to culinary school valuable or like what what did you get from that experience that you wouldn't have been able to get otherwise
1: for me i always because you know a lot of people will ask me especially this day and age it's like every now now being a chef is cool and everybody wants to be a chef and (laughs) so i'll have people like ask me who are you know my age or whatever with successful careers they're like should I go I'm like no don't do it um but I mean for me at the age I was and having no experience at all yeah I think it was valuable especially just like basic skills you know just learning knife work and learning how to make hollandaise Mm -hmm. with like by hand that that was really valuable there were some classes like "Mm, maybe could have done without but You know, and butchery, that was really valuable. Um, I think most of what you learn comes from restaurants. I don't know if, I don't think I would recommend culinary school to everybody. It was really expensive. I was lucky because my parents had saved a lot for me to go to college and I had a, like 75% scholarship to college. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, most of that money went to culinary school. But you know, I have friends who are executive chefs in the city and they're still drowning in debt from culinary school. And it's like, is it really, is it worth it, you know? Yeah. For me, yes, because I, I have it paid off. Um, I think it jump started me to like learn a lot of knife skills and I treated it. I think I missed like one day of class, you know, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of people just would skip and it doesn't it, uh, teachers don't care as long as you're paying. Yeah. So,
0: has the menu has the menu changed at all since you started 10 years ago at Bar Crudo and since you've come back?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's staples on the menu, the arctic char, has to stay on the menu um i wouldn 't touch it anyways. There'd probably be like a revolt outside if I did <laughs> uh, the lobster salad it changes with the seasons, but it essentially stays the same mm-hmm. um, and then the chowder mm-hmm. um, so those uh and then the San Sebastian has been on there um it 's something i 'm like i don 't think I could take it off i could like the uh, Owner wise they said it's okay, but I don't I don't think I can. That would cause a revolt as well. So
0: what is that? That sounds um that
1: so irony. usually I mean it kinda of, I've changed it a little bit with this season's um, originally it started asparagus, roasted red pepper, comfy tuna, an egg, some cheese, some grilled bread, a little like pickled accompaniment. So it's kind of just this like plate that you can like make your own little bites with. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I mean, some people just come back for that all the time. Um, so that's, you know, Mike's original creation. And the only thing I've done with it is, you know, when asparagus goes out of season, like, there's Romano beans on there now just because I'm not mm-hmm. going to use, like, out of season mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So, But otherwise, w- when I got here, uh, <laughs> I had this vision of, like, the old bar crudo. And I was like, oh, it's going to be so nice. And I can, like, make all these, like, intricate dishes. And it's going to be... And then I realized that this bar crudo is a beast. It's, com- it's like, light years away from what the original one was. We do so much business. I realized I have to make dishes that are streamlined, and they have to come out fast. And these servers expect it to come out fast. Like, right now, the, my, the guys on the line are so fast that, like, I barely pull a ticket off the printer, and they, like, already have the dish in the window. Wow. I'm like, I don't even know how you saw that before me. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: So... Does that trade off, um, does that trade off ever frustrate you?
1: Um, a little bit. I'm getting more used to it. Also, there's, like, a s- space-wise, I have one fridge in the back, and half of it's filled with, like, happy hour oysters sometimes. Yeah. So, that's really frustrating, because sometimes I have to, like, just take stuff out. I mean, every day I have to take stuff out just to put stuff in there. hmm Um... I'm getting more used to like figuring out how to streamline everything, um, and it it ends up working out. Um, but a lot, of, I mean, I'm happy with a lot of dishes. Minus the Arctic Char, all the crudos are my creation. All the hot dishes are my creation, and then a couple of the cold on the cold side too. So I'm happy with it. It was just it was just not what I expected yeah. originally. <laughs> so
0: yeah. So what's been the most challenging thing about Doing what you're doing, just
1: physically, it's exhausting. I would say. I mean, now at least I like. At once, like prep is done and we're like service starts. I can stand around, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, just throughout like the 10 years of cooking, it's just exhausting. Especially when I was a line cook at some places, it was like. I just remember like waking up in the morning, like oh I'm so sore, like mm-hmm. just from like moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also, I don't wanna say proving myself cause I get so tired of like mm, the women in the kitchen the like same conversation. <laughs> I don't, I mean, for me, it wasn't so much like it was, it's once I got on the line, I, I knew I was good because like if I was like on a hot station because I was really fast, and, and the guys they like me on the line. So, but sometimes you know, it's like you go and they're like, "Oh, you're you're on Garmage," and like, but why? You haven't seen me cook yet, you know. hmm Um.
0: What's Garmage? Oh, uh,
1: Garmage is just cold, like cold salad station. You got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm picking yeah. up on some of the terms the I've
0: never heard before. <laughs> What's been the most rewarding thing about being um, the executive chef here?
1: I mean, I just changed like a few dishes on the menu and it's really nice to just like see them, you know, see them come out and like, see, you know, like the guy in the hotline, just like making him look beautiful and like he seems proud about it. And, um, you know, just feedback. A lot of people like on their way out, although they'll not say it to me, they'll like say it to the food runner cause they don't know who the chef is. <laughs> but they'll be like, hey, your food was really great. Or they'll say it to the guys on the line, which is fine because they made it. but. It's yeah. just funny. I'm like, hi. But I just, yeah. you know, people are like, this is the best meal I've had in a long time. Like, that's, you know, it's just rewarding to, like, work for so long to get to a certain, get to a goal. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's funny, too, because it's like I, I finally, you know, you work f- for however long to be an executive chef, right? That's your dream. And then more often than not, people are like, so what's next? I'm like, can I just enjoy my <laughs> this is what I've worked for. Can I am just I'm here now. Can I not have like what's next already? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cross
0: that question off. Uh, yeah. of um, <laughs> no, I mean, cause you did just get here. So yeah. um like a year ago, right? You came back? That um
1: it's been a. it's like a been over a year and a half now. A year and a half, yeah. 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 So and I think yeah, if I hadn't if I hadn't taken the chef-to-cuisine job at Hardwater, I don't know if I would have been prepared for this. It's open, dude. It's open. Yeah, look at all that uni. Nice.
0: Is this a delivery that you get every day?
1: Yeah. Hi.
0: What's the uni for?
1: Um, the uni toast, which has been on the menu for a while. I secretly don't like uni, so it's really hard for me to taste a new dish. Uh-huh. Because... I made up a new one the other day, and the sauce that I put it with was stronger than the uni, so I was like, mmm, this is delicious. And then I gave it to Tim and Sophia, our GM, and they're like, you can't taste the uni. I was like, no wonder I think it's delicious. <laughs> Never mind,
0: start over. <laughs> that, that must be hard. Yeah. Is it the only seafood you don't like, or? Yeah, pretty much. It's just
1: something about it. I actually liked it when it was, like, fresh out of the shell at the mm. um, original bar cruda. We, like, cracked them open. I ate it. But it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Just, it's my palate wrong. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that everybody else likes it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is that the only item on the menu that you have to make that you don't really like?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I like everything else. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I put crab head. fat on the menu because people seem to love crab fat, but I don't I don't really like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How did you even discover that people like crab fat? Um, like because uh, I go to
1: Swan's every Monday and they sell it. And I was like, wait a minute, you can sell
0: that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell that too. It's a good idea. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to? Oh. Yeah, I just literally had. What are you looking forward to? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <okay. laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I will well, ask I mean, I that. could answer that. Yeah. It's like I'm. What I'm just looking, looking forward
1: to like being here, and you know, I see It seems like we're getting busier and busier, and and I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, in their past few visits, the food's been better than it ever has or not ever but for a while I think it just kind of it fell out for a while I remember coming here and just being like oh no like no one's paying attention right now so Mm -hmm. it's really satisfying for me to like come back and like make sure consistency is on point and that Mm -hmm. you know and that the line cooks are like paying attention to flavors and you know and that they care that things taste good Mm because it's easy if you don't have like a leader that's there every day it's easy to not care as much.
0: Well thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah you're welcome. Bar Crudo is celebrated for its happy hour menu so come by after a hard day's work and enjoy dishes raw and warm at this refreshing restaurant bar on Divisadero. On the next episode of Menu Stories, we get to meet the chefs at the legendary, world-renowned Zuni Cafe. Yes, that Zuni. The one with the chicken. Don't miss it. Subscribe to Menu Stories on menustories.com so you can get the next episode delivered to your inbox. You can listen on our website, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram. Special thanks to Siska Silatonga, editor of today's episode, and Patrick Wong, our videographer. You can watch the video on menustories.com. Until next time, happy eating.